Welcome to the January 8th Sermon from Clifford Baptist Church, 635 Fletcher's Level Road in Amherst. Today's scripture is Luke chapter 22, verse 1 and verse 7 through 20. And the sermon is entitled, The Last Supper, delivered today by Pastor Jeffrey Campbell. I feel like I've already been in church. I felt like at the song played, I needed to be laying before God at the altar. It's amazing when you hear these young ladies here on the front just sing out to God and say, I'm in all of you, God. I'm all of you. How that ministers to your heart. I'm grateful for every person that is gathered in this place today, and we gather on a very holy day. I do want to add some humor into it so I can move on and get on past where I am. And that is this. Many of you know I don't sing. I can But it ain't pretty. But I wrote down on a note right here, Adam Wilburn said he learned to sing standing beside his dad. So I wrote a note to myself, stand beside Reggie, learn how to sing. (laughs) So Reggie, if I come and sit beside you, maybe you can rub off a little bit. (laughs) I'm grateful today. And teaching the Connections class this morning about every one person that God gives a gift to offer His church in order to serve, in order to win, in order to bring people to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And I know that many of you probably came today expecting us to be back in Joshua, but I threw you a curveball and and we're not. So many times personally... I feel like that we tack on the Lord's Supper on the end of a service or end of a message and we kind of rush through that service as we try to pay respects and remember what Jesus Christ did for us. And so to start out this new year, I'm grateful for last week the challenge that you were delivered, the the, the unfinished work of the church. But my prayer is this, is that God will unify us through what we have experienced today, what we have sung about, and as we approach the Lord's Supper together. It is with the correct heart today that every one of us, every one of you, everyone that is watching live stream needs to approach the table of God. And so today, the title of this sermon is simply this, The Last Supper. When is the last time that you have taken just a few minutes or maybe even a, a, a 30 minute interval and looked at what Jesus Christ did for you. Life gets so busy that we can forget, even in the Christian walk, the power in which Jesus displayed on the cross and saving the entire world from their sin. And so today, in a moment of remembrance, I just don't want to throw it at the end of a sermon. I want to take a whole sermon and just teach every person here, and including my own heart, the importance of the Lord's table. Four times throughout the year of this year, of 2023, we will approach the Lord's table together. I grew up in the Methodist church. We done it every month. And here, I'm going to be honest with you, as a young boy growing up in the Methodist church, it just became a ritual. You knew the first Sunday of every month was the Lord's Supper, and you said a few words, and you ate ate a piece of bread, and you drank some juice, and the best part was cleaning up afterwards. Because the kids got to drink the juice and the bread. I'm grateful for that. 
by the way. But lost in so many of our church traditions carries the significant and powerful meaning of Christ going to a cross for the sin of the world. And what He bore for you and I, I think needs to be a reminder almost every single day. There are two ordinances within the church that we believe that we still need to follow today. One of them is the Lord's Supper, and the other is baptism. And we love to celebrate baptism. We make a big deal about it, as we should. And in today, church, I want you to know that in just a few minutes, we will approach a very holy, holy table before the Lord. Matthew 28 And speaking to baptism, Jesus' words are these, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. But 1 Corinthians chapter 11 speaks to the the Lord's Supper and that why it is important for us as believers to continue on that ordinance. Today, it is given by God to the church to remember the great price of a life that was given and the great price of the sin of the people. And for some reason, we've lost the great price. The great price of sin and the great price of a Savior. And so church today, for just a few minutes, can we center our hearts on the Word of God. The Holy Word of God. Thank you, Pastor Tom, for picking songs that moved us to this direction. Thank you, Adam and Susan, for singing and reminding us the price of that old cross. But today, I want to go to Luke chapter number 22. And I invite you to go there in your Bibles, if you will. Luke chapter number 22. This one chapter contains so much in its 71 verses. It begins with a very interesting scripture. Look at verse number 1. Now the feast of unleavened bread drew nigh, which is called the Passover. But I want to real quick add on a couple more verses, 2 and 3. And the chief priest scribes sought how they might kill him, for they feared the people. And look at verse number 3. Then entered Satan into Judas, surnamed Iscariot, being of the number of the twelve. Look at me real quick, church. Is it possible for Satan to be at the table of God? Absolutely it is. And so today as we approach the Lord's table, I want you to see from Scripture that Satan entered one of the twelve disciples that were there, and he was at the table as well. You approach a very holy table today, and we must do it in accordance with God's Word. And so I want to continue reading from Luke chapter number 22, verses 7 through 13, if you will follow me there. Verse 7 says this, Then came the day of unleavened bread, when the Passover must be killed. And he sent Peter and John, saying, Go and prepare us the Passover, that we may eat. And they said unto him, Where wilt thou that we prepare? And he said unto them, Behold, when ye are entered into the city, there shall a man meet you, bearing a pitcher of water. Follow him into the house, 
where he entereth in. And you shall say unto the good man of the house, The master saith unto thee, Where is the guest chamber where I shall eat the Passover with my disciples? And he shall show you a large upper room furnished. There make ready. You need to underline those three words. There make ready. And verse number 13, And they went and found as he had said unto them, and they made ready the Passover Point number one today that I want to give you from this sermon is this. As we look at the Last Supper, it's that important that things are made ready. Today, all around this sanctuary and even people watching live stream, there are things that we need to do to make ready, to make right before we approach the Last Supper with the Lord. I'm grateful today that the Israelites throughout History celebrated Passover as it looked back to remember how good God has been. And we are still in the infancy of a new year in 2023. I can look back and I can tell you in 2022 how good God has been. Can you? Can you look back in just a few months and say God has been good? But here's what I want to encourage you church to do. As we approach the table, we need to look back. But we also need to continue To move ahead and to look forward at the goodness that God offers every single one of us. The Israelites look back. And in your Bible, I'm not going to turn there. But you could go back to Exodus chapter number 12 where the Passover was instituted. As God calls for a male yearling lamb to be slaughtered without blemish, without spot, And that blood had to be smeared on the side post and the lintel or the upper post of the houses. As the angel of death would come and the plague of all of Egypt, he would see the blood that was smeared on the doorpost and the angel of God would pass over when he seen the blood. Today, what meaning does that have with you and I? Well, it begins in Luke chapter number 22. That chapter opens us by telling us it's time for Passover. It's time for the festival of unleavened bread. And I want you to know as as that time draws nigh, the people knew throughout history what they needed to do. There was preparations that were made, but mostly it was celebration of what God had done. They were looking for a lamb, but they missed him. And the greatest Passover, in the Last Supper, the Lamb was before them, but they were looking for an animal. They were looking for one without blemish and without spot. And they missed Jesus in their midst. It's amazing to me that Jesus Christ went to a cross during Passover. Why did He do that? Because the Last Supper was instituted As he was that lamb. Exodus chapter number 12. Verse number 34. It speaks about the festival. And unleavened bread. And why why, why the the hurry to, to leave. Because Pharaoh told them that they had to get out. Because of what had happened. Uh, The the leaven was not uh, put in the bread. Was not given time. And so guess what? They had to get out of Dodge. The bread couldn't rise. There was no leaven there. And so the Feast of Unleavened Bread is because of that, the hurry to get out, because Pharaoh was tired of these people 
get them out of my presence, go. And so the celebration was a feast of remembering what God had done. And God had led them through plagues and through slavery and through bondage. But also, God led them to freedom. And so today, I tell you all of that because Luke chapter number 22 opens up at this time of year. And he gives particular instructions to two of his disciples to find a man carrying a pitcher of water and follow him. How creepy is that? Here's what you do. Of all the people in the busyness of the day, you go find someone carrying a pitcher of water. And here's what you to do. You're to follow him into his home and you are to ask him if he has room to prepare for us, to make ready the last supper. Today, I want you to know this. As we think about those words at the end of verse number 12, that we need to make ready of the feast of what was about to happen, I believe as we approach the table, we need to make ourselves ready. We need to prepare the room in our heart where God resides because many have neglected that room. And so we need to make ready for the presence of a powerful God. And I'm guilty. I'll be the first one to raise my hand of neglecting the house where Jesus lives. Pastor, what do you mean? There are many times that we go through life. And as we approach this, we, we just grab it and we peel it and we take it and we drink it and we forget it. And I know it's packaged a little bit different. But friends, I believe this little packet right here symbolizes the greatest need in all of our world. And I don't want to approach that table with a half heart, with a rushed time. And so we need to know through God's Word, it tells us that we must be prepared. We must be believers as we approach the table. We can't take it unworthily according to Scripture. What does that mean to take the Lord's Supper unworthily? It means that your heart is not right. And so in these moments, I'm not telling you not to take the Lord's Supper. I said you got a little bit of time to bow your head. And maybe during that song, you saw me bow my head. I was making sure that everything in my heart was right as I approach the table of God. Make ready. Make ready the room that a meal will be shared. A meal will honor Jesus Christ our Lord. Also, I wrote down here that I need to examine myself. And the Bible tells us that we need to do that. And that is the strongest examination that you need to go through. Today, I call every heart that is represented in this place, everyone that is watching live stream, let's examine our heart. Let's make the room ready. Point number two. Look at verses 14 through 18. And when the hour was come, he sat down and the 
12 apostles with him. So I'm going to stop and I'm going to pause right there and tell you as they enter this upper room, Jesus is there along with the disciples. Verse number 15, And he said to them, With desire I have desired to eat of this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say unto you, I will not any more eat thereof until it be fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Verse number 17, And he took the cup and gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among yourselves. For I say unto you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God shall come. I want you to see verse 15. The desire of a Lord to meet with his disciples. To be present with his disciples. But I have a charge here in this point is simply this, as you approach the table, here's your charge. I remember as a little kid, I, I took it and I, I looked around to make sure I was doing things right. As I approach the table, there's only one direction our eyes need to be at this moment. And that's on Jesus. Don't look around, don't think about your neighbor, don't think about your husband or wife, don't think about lunch, don't think about your kids. Right now, as you approach the table, it's you and it's Jesus. Look to him. John's gospel says that something amazing happens during this time. John chapter number 13. I want you to look what Jesus does. Just listen. You don't have to turn there. John chapter 13 verse 4 and 5 says this. He riseth from supper and laid aside his garments and took a towel and girded himself. After that, he poureth water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. Jesus does something amazing in this room. He washes his disciples' feet. I'm a, I'm, I, my mind is not trying to add to Scripture here, but I paint the picture of all eyes on Jesus. All eyes on Jesus as he was not even worthy. Many of them thought he was unworthy to wash their disciples' feet. But as a servant and in demonstration to show them the love and what they should be doing, he knelt before them to wash their feet. Friends, I give you all of this information today to tell you this. He desires that every person share this meal. A meal of remembrance, a meal of faithfulness to God. And in short, the, the Lord's Supper will take on a whole new meaning for all the world when Jesus Christ would go to the cross. And that's what he was pointing to. One last time he could share a meal with those that he loved, those that he ministered with, those that he cared for, and that would carry out the work of the Lord. These men he spent three years of his life with. Now a lot of you, I've spent a lot more than three years of my life with. But as we approach the table, here's my instruction. Let's put our eyes on Jesus. Let's put our eyes on what he has done for every single person, for every single one of us that are here today. Everything that we are, do are doing and everything that we see Jesus doing is an example of his great love for us. John 13, 15 says these words, For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. 
friends, today, this celebration of approaching the Lord's Supper is something that, we're, it's something that we need to approach very passionately, as I do, but very reverently, knowing that our eyes must be centered on Jesus. It's amazing, John's Gospel records a lot more, but it also records Jesus knew that his hour had drawn near. The last hours of, of, of Jesus' life were spent sharing a meal with those that he loved. Before you get to the end of the chapter, Luke chapter 22, he is on his way to the cross. He's on his way to the cross. But here's where I want to tell you before I move on, not every, not every, not every heart at that table was focused on Jesus. Judas was there. Satan had entered. And his mind was on betrayal, not on serving. Amazing to me that Jesus washed his feet too. Today, what are you looking at? So many times we look at so many other things that distract us and take away the meaning of what Jesus has done. Keep your eyes on Him. Verse number 19. Let me get in the right place, sorry. I'm still in John. Luke chapter number 22, verse number 19. It says, He took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it unto them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. As Jesus begins, he takes the bread, and the first thing that he does is he gives thanks for it. He broke the bread and gave it to them and says, This is my body which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. Now, if you want to do a little bit of history study here, there are many different beliefs about the Lord's Supper. I wanted to add a lot of it here. I just don't have time. But I will tell you this. The Catholic friends of ours believe in transubstantiation, which means the elements really become Jesus. We don't believe that here. We believe that this is done in remembrance of what Jesus Christ done for us. The bread or the unleavened wafer is the body which is broken and which we see here. Point number three is this. The body was given for you. It was not taken, it was not forced, it was laid down for every single one. Jesus willfully went to the cross for the sins of the world. He laid down His body on that cross. And so today, I want you to know before we move on in any uh, further, that Jesus laid it down willfully for you. And it is an unleavened piece of wafer there because... Of the fact that Christ was without sin. Leaven in the Bible is often equated to sin in some other passages. But Christ was the perfect sinless sacrifice that the people were looking for. And he was in their midst. As he secluded to this upper room. He wanted to make sure that the disciples knew exactly what they were doing. He broke that bread. He gave thanks. And he broke that bread for all of humanity. The Bible tells us not a bone of his body was broken, but his body was broken. 
in just a few minutes, we're going to take this together. And I pray that everyone has it. But in my own person, this is just so, so you know where I am. When I take that little wafer, the first thing that I do with it personally is what? I break it. I break it to remind me of a broken body. Physical hurt. The pain of a body that Jesus went through for every sin of my own. There's one more point today for our, our service, and that is this. Verse number 20 says this. Likewise also the cup, after supper, saying that this cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you. Here's what I want you to look at verse number 21 real quick. Here's just the reminder as we approach the table. But behold, the hand of him that betrayeth me is with me. On the table. Why is it important? Because the one that would betray him. The one whose heart was not fully vested in Jesus Christ. Was sitting at the table. Jesus took the cup for so many years. It signifies the precious blood of the lamb. Without blemish and without spot. And as he raised and gave that cup to his disciples. He was telling them my time is coming. In just a few hours, I will be there. I will be headed to a cross. My blood is precious. It's more precious than the lamb's blood that was smeared on the doorpost and the lintel. Signifies my blood, which I am getting ready to pour out for you. How powerful is the blood of Jesus? That's a loaded question. I'm not going to answer it right now. But it is so powerful that even in our service today, we sang about it. We sang about how it could change you. It could wash you white as snow. But I wrote down, not with Tom's knowing, I wrote down just a couple other things that we sing about the blood of Jesus. One of my favorite, and I'm not going to sing them. There's power. Power. Wonder-working power. And the blood... Of the Lamb. Can I get an amen this morning? That's why, listen to the pastor, that's why we can't lead the old hymns because it teaches us the power of the blood. I'm grateful for old hymns. I like contemporary stuff too. But I'm reminded, every time I sing that song, there's power in the blood. What can wash away my sin? All right, church, let's try it again. What can wash away my sin? How often do we forget that? How often do we go through our days and forget to bow and say, God, through what you did, through your son Jesus Christ, you can forgive my sins. And I ask you to do that. There's a fountain. Filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins. And sinners plunge beneath that flood. Lose all their guilty stains. The only reason that, that this man can stand before you today. Is because of Jesus Christ. Because all my stains are gone. Are you washed in the blood? In the soul cleansing blood of the Lamb. That is the question and song that I want to leave every person here with today. Is this. Are you washed in the precious blood 
of the Lamb. As we approach a holy table and a holy time, I want to do more than just sing about the blood of Jesus Christ. I want to share that through that blood, He changed my life and He can change your life as well. And that is the message that the world is lacking and our world needs to hear. In a minute and in a moment of invitation today, I ask the question, are you washed? Today, maybe you just need a, a, an invitation time to make ready the room that Jesus lives because you've neglected it. Maybe today you need to make yourself ready. You need to examine your heart. You need to consider if you have something against a brother or sister, the Bible says you're not to do this. That's how serious this is. Maybe you need to look at yourself. Or maybe today you need to look to Him. As Christ was poured out as the offering on an old rugged cross for every person in here. If you have never ever given your heart to Jesus Christ, here is the message. He did all this for you. For your sin. And so today, by coming and believing in that, admitting that you're a sinner, believing in the power of Jesus Christ, the blood that was shed for the payment of your sin, and confessing with your mouth, God can save you. And God will begin a relationship with you. Listen to me, every eye right here, right now, even those watching, it's not about praying a prayer one time. It's about a relationship for a lifetime that God wants to work. And so today, if that relationship is hurt, take a few minutes to come from before a holy God and get it right as we approach the table of God. Maybe we bow together. Father God, Lord, in a moment of invitation before we approach your table, Lord, we want to give every person a chance to get their life right before you. Lord, today, if there are Christians in this room, their hearts are not right. Lord, I pray that you will use this invitation time to repair what has been damaged, to fix the brokenness that is there. Lord, today we also want to give an opportunity for that one person that needs to come to Jesus as Savior. Maybe today is the first time they join the, the supper table. They can come and sit with the Savior. They can rejoice in His love and His care, His great sacrifice. Lord, if there's one person that needs Jesus Christ as Savior, Lord, today I pray that you bring them here. Lord, I pray in this moment of invitation that you will allow us to look to you and look at you as we prepare ourselves to approach the table. Bless us now, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Clifford Baptist Church invites you to join us for worship every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. For more information about our church, please call our church office at 434-946-0555.